Hey lovely folks, I'm going to tell you the truth. It has been an amazing journey for me to learn so many great things and listen to such great experiences of such beautiful and wonderful human beings. So welcome to the 10th episode of the third season of my podcast, Perception 101. As the name of the season is the journey aiming wrong or right. Today in this episode, we are going to listen to the journey of an individual who started an NGO named Voiceless India when he was just 17 years old. So let's not waste more time and start this episode with Ankit Puri. Hi Ankit, uh, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. It's an honor and a privilege to have someone who has started such a great venture for the voiceless animals and I'm really happy to have you on board. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm Ankit, uh, Ankit Puri. I'm the founder of Voiceless India. And uh, Voiceless India is uh, sort of um, everything for me in the sense that for the past four and a half years, uh, it's been I've been running this organization. I started Voiceless India uh, when I was about uh, 16 years old, almost 17, um, and uh, my primary reason to start Voiceless India at that age uh, was that I used to volunteer at an animal shelter and uh, I used to see the suffering of animals on a day-to-day basis whenever I used to go there and uh, of course that used to be extremely heartbreaking you know to see animals coming in from accident victims to acid attack victims to just you know animals who've been abandoned on the road Um, and I used to organize these fundraisers for that shelter at my school and when I used to organize those what I sort of found out was that not many people are really aware uh, you know about animal rights they're not aware about what is happening to animals because you know when something happens to a human being you know something like an acid attack or you know something as uh, you know severe as that it's all over the news you know every media channel will cover it but when something like that happens to a you know a non-human animal uh, um, there's literally no media coverage you know we see animal cruelty cases is once in a while on the on you know on the uh, on the news channels but otherwise there's not that much coverage so people are not really aware of, you know what's happening so that was what really inspired me to start voiceless india i wanted to uh, you know bring awareness to the fact that we need to focus on animal rights you know more than animal welfare we need to focus on animal rights uh, because when we give animals the rights they deserve we wouldn't require welfare for them um, so I used to go to schools, you know, nearby schools. I used to talk to children, uh, you know, about why we should be kind towards animals, about how we should be kind towards animals. Um, and that's how it all started. You know, now, of course, in the last four and a half years, we've been doing various campaigns, uh, you know, from workshops to wall painting drives to reflective collar drives. We just finished our reflective collar drive, uh, you know, this month. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's it's been a great journey. And uh, yeah. I can totally agree that it ha- it would have been a great journey because if you are so connected to something that you you know uh, th- that you love somewhere and when you start something like this of your own there is a huge responsibility but there is some good positive vibe inside you that yes you're doing it for the good so that is incredible Absolutely. and I-, I am really happy to see someone at a, such a young age start something like this because I didn't have that much skill or I wouldn't say that I was that much woke at that time to have this reality check that uh, you know there are voiceless animals out there who are being harmed and as you said news don't cover up those things there were not a lot of things that used to be there Uh, I realized about this as soon as uh, we got a pet 
and then i got to know that you know that feeling comes inside when you see that uh, you know that i have a fog and when he's sitting and what is he thinking is he hurt how would he say jab usko you know even he is hurt or something like that and from there i realized that yes this is something i want on my podcast uh, because people don't know that as you said they're not even aware of so many things that go around and plus the uh, animal rights that is one more thing that people actually don't know about so uh, i yes. would really like to know like uh, how difficult was it you know what was difficult for you more was it the starting of the ngo or was it letting people be aware you know explaining them why it was very important to help the voices well um both the, i think i mean i wouldn't really say difficult i wouldn't use the word difficult i mean i would maybe say challenging but you know because i i mean it's good to have challenging things in life but um i mean i'll i'll touch upon both the aspects uh, you know quickly like the challenges in the starting and or uh, the second aspect also um so in the starting uh, you know one of the challenges that i actually faced was my age right because i was really young um starting voiceless india at that time uh, managing school with voiceless india then college with voiceless india now a job with voiceless india so um, you know it, it's always been like two things at the same time uh, and voiceless india is also a full time job right it's not like a hobby or anything so it takes up time um so that was one of the issues i had faced i also remember you know when i was in 11th uh, my grades started falling uh, so my teacher was a bit uh, you know concerned that you know he's putting in too much time in voiceless india and not uh, putting in a, uh, enough time in academics but then i did work on that i did you know balance it in a way that i was able to improve my grades as well um but apart from that you know there have been challenges in terms of of course as we grew you know there are challenges in terms of finances you know raising funds you know as your operations grow you have to raise more and more funds so that has always been a challenge it it continues to of course with every project you have to raise funds but then of course we are able to work it out um and apart from that one of the challenges because my age was that so as part of voiceless india we wanted to conduct workshops with students that was our first initiative uh, to conduct animal rights workshops to sensitize students uh, towards this uh, issue now um, because i was so young a lot of schools uh, you know were not really willing to allow me to come in you know uh, talk to the students because they felt that i mean he's so young you know how he doesn't have any qualifications how can we just allow him to come and speak but uh, you know there were a few schools who were uh, you know who did believe in the work that we wanted to do and they did give us an opportunity and i'm really grateful to you know them to actually allow us to come and speak to their students about this because you know if someone would have come to me uh, you know and told me that you know you have to be addressed by someone who is your age you know because i was 16 at that time and i was going and addressing students who are also 16 17 i would also think twice right that does this person have the requisite skills but uh, you know that's how it grew some schools gave us the opportunity and then we of course moved into other projects and uh, when it comes to the second part you know the second part of your question about challenges in terms of uh, making other people aware i think that's something that every activist every uh, you know animal rights person who is working in this field faces um especially if you are a vegan animal rights activist if you're promoting veganism uh, also so i mean there are so many arguments that people give you know from the fact that uh, you know vegans don't get enough protein or uh, you know veganism is just um, like a fad or you know it will get over after some time i mean there's so many arguments and uh, we have to address them on a constant basis whether it's in person whether it's on social media whether it's you know the trolls who are trolling you know our posts on social media but i think it's just the the fact that there is resistance you know the fact that people are not 
uh, accepting veganism immediately or accepting animal rights immediately i think that is that shows that there is some change coming right because if if there was no change people would be just accepting everything then there was no need to bring about the change um, you know the fact that there is there are people who are not uh, you know very open to the idea of veganism that shows that there is some change coming because of the work that we are doing many other organizations are doing um so of course yes uh it, i guess the challenge is going to be there for a while because as i have seen as i've seen one of your interviews uh, when i was going through your instagram profile you actually told this that you know there has been there will be a set of challenges but if you act, uh, get through that hurdle you will start growing and uh, talking about your instagram profile your uh, online presence it has increased a lot in the last few years as you have told in that uh, interview as well and uh, i am really impressed because as i said at 16 uh, having this thought to help others is something that doesn't come up so easily and i'm really happy to see someone like you at who is of my age and there are many more activists out there whom we i also don't know about but there are there and they are, to- are talking about it working on it and spreading the message there so thank you so much for doing that to be honest uh, i am really happy that thank you people like you do that actually uh, one question that i have for you is what kind of prejudices that you you know you faced when you did something like this as it takes uh, you know as uh, the topic is to talk about protection of the voice uh, you know voiceless animals and uh, we are also talking about uh, a lot of other things here veganism and everything there are a lot of notions that you had to break and you know let people have a clear perception or clear uh, idea of what uh, you are doing the clear vision so what kind of prejudices did you face uh, regarding that okay um so i mean you know when it comes to prejudices uh, you know people have their own uh, you know thoughts on the animal rights movement on veganism on the vegan movement um and it's uh, obviously it's it's uh, upsetting to sometimes see the kind of thoughts people have people think that it's an extreme movement you know uh, going vegan is something which is extremely uh, like like extremely extreme you know like no one uh, would otherwise go vegan if they're not very passionate but um, you know people say as i said you know earlier about the the nutrition argument that you know vegans don't get enough yeah. protein or enough calcium or you know all of these nutrients um there are different arguments from the health perspective uh, people also argue sometimes that it's okay you know to uh, kill animals because if we don't kill them they will overpopulate the planet and take over the earth and you know all of these things um people also say that you know if we uh, you know <laughs> i mean if we don't uh, kill animals our environment uh, will not sustain because they will eat up all the food that is available uh, you know so there are all kinds of arguments that you have to face whether it's uh, from the animal cruelty perspective from the environmental perspective from the health perspective um and uh, but you know the idea i mean i don't generally blame people that much coming you know with these arguments because there's a level of ignorance right if you're not aware of a certain topic you can't be expected to really know about it but what really upsets me is that those people who are aware of it and you know those people who have got the knowledge uh, through whatever means you know they have seen our page they've seen our posts i've if i've spoken to them somewhere and yet they don't want to bring about a change in their lifestyle that's what sometimes you know upsets me 
um but other than that i mean you know prejudices are there uh, for veganism i mean you will have thousand arguments uh, against it uh, that people will make but then there are thousand answers uh, to those arguments yeah. as well yeah uh, but uh, can you just let uh, me and the listeners actually know like how did this idea all together come about because uh, start something like this which is a very uh, you know Uh, a step to change a lot of perspectives around uh, you need that enthusiasm that confidence and it comes out out of the blue in you sometimes as you said that you were working with uh, other uh, you know uh, ventures out there who were helping animals here and there and there are a lot of things that uh, you have done so just to get the whole idea of how that clicked for you so can you tell us about that um you know so there are various ways in which it you know clicked i mean uh, one as i said which was volunteering at the animal shelter friendly cause uh, it's in delhi um you know other than that as you know you said that you have a companion animal at home uh, you know a pug at home similarly i have three companion animals at home as well so you know the fact that you have uh, you know like dogs at home it just makes you more compassionate it helps you understand the fact that you know they go through suffering which they can't communicate to you so it just motivates you to you know be a voice for many other animals out there as well um and other than that you know of course social media has played a big role you know when it uh, when i was like 16 15 16 i used to i mean even now i do see videos and stuff on social media but that is when you know it really impacted me when other organizations used to post you know animal animal cruelty videos um and you know what's happening in these animal agriculture industries whether it's the meat industry the leather industry you know the dairy industry um so you know that's how i kind of got impacted and uh, even though i'm vegan right now i've of course not been vegan my whole life um you know i was non vegetarian at a point i turned vegetarian when i was 16 um and then i turned vegan when i was 19 right so it's it's been a journey uh, you know it's been like as and when i've gotten aware of a particular issue i've tried to bring a change in my lifestyle and then you know through voices india in other people's lifestyles as well um so yeah it's it's uh, it's a process as you said that uh, you know me also getting to understand a lot of these ideas uh, a lot of different things that i want to talk about whether it's stereotypes or whether it's something that has to change it's it's been a process for me as well to understand those things and i guess uh, as you said first you you were not vegan since the day you were born obviously uh, you learned how things were how things needs to change and now you're spreading that message right. and it's it's really nice to uh, to you know see people understand wh- why veganism is important i still can't to be honest i uh, i am trying to go there but it's a bit difficult but eventually when i will learn more of things about it and when i'll understand the process i'll get there as well so this goes for everyone out there uh when i say this particular word pandemic what comes to your mind what how does it uh, you know what things do come to your mind in respect to voiceless india plus your life as well when it uh, when it's included with voiceless india um so a lot of things come to my mind when you say the word pandemic uh of course you know i mean first few things that come to my mind are obviously you know a sense of fear anxiety loss you know all of these things are definitely uh, you know that come to my mind uh, you know the i mean right now especially you know with the second wave uh, you know literally ravaging the country you can't think of anything other than loss and uh, anxiety and stuff but uh, you know when i generally look at pandemic the first thing that really comes to my mind is um, you know the fact that uh, it could have been prevented 
you know that that is what really comes to my mind that you know if uh, people were not consuming all these you know from these wet markets it it all started in wuhan in china right from a wet market and it's you know it's not the first uh, epidemic or the first, it's not the first outbreak of a virus that we've seen we've seen you know sars uh, you know in 2003 we've seen a pandemic earlier 100 years back we've seen you know swine flu we've seen so many outbreaks and each and every outbreak that you know the major outbreaks that we have seen all of them have come from animals right from zoonotic diseases um you know whether it's pigs whether it's chickens whether it's cows you know every uh, thing comes from most of them comes from animals and uh, that's what really comes to my mind that you know all of this could have been prevented if you know people were more plant based if they were you know adopting a plant based lifestyle um apart from that when it comes to voiceless india i would definitely say that you know we've had such a huge shift in the work that we are doing in the way the work is being done uh, because prior to the pandemic you know whether you know if you're doing a workshop we used to go to a school and you know conduct it in person um, or if you're doing a wall painting drive people used to come together and you know we used to do everything like together but of course after the pandemic in the lockdowns obviously that was not possible so we had to kind of shift all our operations online um, you know do our campaigns online uh, do our meetings online uh, you know everything had to be shifted to virtual uh, platforms do our workshops uh, with schools and colleges we've been doing our workshops through zoom and you know through google meet and all of these things um so you know these are various things that come to my mind but you know as i said the 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 most important thing that i just feel is that you know um i just hope that this pandemic brings some sort of realization you know because uh like this is one pandemic that we are going through after this you know i mean god forbid we i hope we don't go through another pandemic but you know the same kind of uh, you know consumption patterns continue in terms of animal products we will you know inevitably see more outbreaks of viruses more epidemics more pandemics um so i just hope that you know this brings some realization in people people start you know eliminating animal products the shift of uh, uh, being personally conducting all the things now shifting to a whole virtual world how has it been for you because uh going for to talk i guess that personal touch about uh, talking about veganism or t- talking about how we can help and uh, how we can actually prevent uh, animal cruelty or how can we talk about uh, helping other animals who are out there in the street or at home whatever it is uh, it has been difficult for sure so how did you uh, you know manage that uh, that actual shift you know because there has to be that personal touch i guess because you're talking about something that people don't know about mostly people yeah. don't even understand about animal cruelty we have seen so many different videos where it's just for fun for them to uh, you know uh, harm or harm any kind of animal which is out there and it's it's a certain shift so i would really like to know how how did you uh, cooperate with that right that's a great question i mean because uh, it was a challenge you know uh, in the starting in the months last year in uh, march and april that that's when the lockdown sort of come into play right so uh, it was a challenge we were kind of thinking about how should we move ahead you know with our workshops and things like that um and uh, yes you know as you rightly said uh, you know when we were doing workshops in person um it always used to be easier because you know you can see the body language of the children how they are reacting to your content uh, you know if you 
during the workshop if you feel that you know you should change the way you are talking or you you can see what you know how you're impacting the children but after you know when we're doing it on virtual platforms obviously you can't really see the children right because their webcams are off and even if they're on you can't really figure out their body language um so what so we basically kind of worked we work with child psychologists and with teachers uh, you know to kind of uh, make the curriculums such that they impact the children in the best manner possible so we again you know we sat with some child psychologists with some teachers to kind of understand that how can we really make our workshops uh, you know as impactful as they were before the pandemic and through these virtual means how can we really reach out to children so you know some of the things that we adopted were you know asking more questions to the children so we get responses you know that's how we kind of get to know what they are understanding um you know we do more activities you know online activities during the workshop so that the children are engaged you know in the in learning about the cause um and you know then after the workshop we sometimes you know have like a feedback session in which children share about what they learned you know all of those things so that's how we try to you know keep it engaging how that's how we try to ensure that you know what we're trying to do, uh, the message that we're trying to give reaches uh, the children there is a lot to learn here as well uh, for you and for the people who have been doing these kinds of things because uh, understanding the body language that you said it's not that easy when it comes to virtual uh, virtual world right so my next question for you is how did you manage the volunteers you know like there are two set of questions here how should a particular like an ideal volunteer be what kind of uh, mentality that person has to have because there are a lot of things when it comes to that comes to their mind when it uh, when it's about an ngo that they have to work in because some some people need certificates there is that uh, greediness for having a good uh, cv or a resume just to you know work in an ngo or something like that so what what uh, mentality that uh, you know volunteers should have plus the other question is that how did you manage the working of the volunteers around uh, this situation when it comes to voices in there right okay so answering the first question that you had about the mentality of the volunteers um you know i think at least for us you know as as, as an animal rights organization the only uh, thing that we look at in our volunteers so we have you know different sets right we have volunteers and we have interns so interns are of course different but volunteers what we look at um you know it's just passion you know a passion for animal rights uh, or if it's like an environmental project so passion for environmental uh, sustainability um apart from that we generally in our volunteers we don't really look at you know qualifications and skills and education and all of those things it's just that if you have the passion towards the cause um because a lot of people you know we see uh, you know volunteers who join us or who join another organization and uh, you know they are not really passionate they just want to put it on their cv um and you know so it's just you know the fact that if you are not passionate about a cause you would not want to work for it right i mean from your personal like if i'm not passionate about you know say xyz cause i would not wor- want to work for it yeah. so i think just any person who wants to volunteer with any organization uh, not just animal rights environmental just any organization they should uh, you know only volunteer if they are really passionate you know for that cause and if they really think that they would want to do it on a long term basis because um, you know from being uh, you know running an organization i can say that you know we really depend on volunteers um, you know we depend on the work that they do for us the, you know the work that they do for the cause so you know if they're not passionate and they you know just leave in the middle or you know they leave after some time it kind of hampers the entire functioning of the organization in a way you know so uh, yeah so i think that's one thing that the mentality of the uh, volunteers should have one that they should be passionate and then they should be uh, you know attached to the organization for a long time um now answering your next question uh, which was about how we we have managed uh, voiceless india's volunteers 
um so our volunteers have actually been uh, you know categorized in various ways so for every project we have different volunteers so for example uh, since the last two months we have been running our reflective collar drive which is uh, you know in which we are collaring around 1000 street dogs across uh, bangalore and delhi with reflective collars um so for that uh, reflective collar drive we have a set of i think around 75 to 80 volunteers across delhi and bangalore now um so how we so when we started the reflective collar drive things were getting a little better so the second wave hadn't come in so things were getting slightly better with covid um so hence our interns who were in bangalore and you know in delhi they were going to locations different locations in these places and taking help from the volunteers in those places and collaring the dogs but as we were moving forward and i think the month in the second half of april or something you know the the pandemic sort yeah. of again uh, started with its uh, full force and uh, we had to kind of cut off our interns going to different places because it was risky for them to you know travel across uh, the city so hence what we did was that we completely made it you know through couriers so now what we are doing is that we are sending our reflective collars to all our volunteers via like a courier sort of a form and uh, they are responsible for collaring the dogs in the area so we have kind of decentralized you know the entire process um and just depending on the volunteers to be able to collar the dogs in the areas you know um and with other projects you know like for example if we are running a campaign then we you know uh, the the way that we manage volunteers is now through online meetings uh, you know we do conduct online meetings on a regular basis with our volunteers informing them about campaigns uh, you know so uh, yeah so it's everything i mean has been virtual now or you know through like we are just eliminating the person to person contact at least till you know things are better okay. um, this is nice because uh, obviously because of the pandemic you had to change a lot of things and you had to be quick about changing those lot of things as you are the founder and you are working you are uh, you are dependent on other people but they are dependent on you to give those kinds of uh, you know addresses that uh, that that address that positivity that we can actually do work in this situation as well so that is one mindset that you have to always have and you can't even panic around these kinds of situations because uh, if you panic your whole uh, system somehow uh, you know the, it uh, abrupts uh, a lot of work that you have been trying to do so that is really Absolutely. nice that i have seen uh, you know as a person who has just uh, been in this life you know you have just started living your life right now i would say that and there is a lot of lot of things to come in forward and you have this whole mentality of being uh aware of the scenario and coming up with different kinds of uh, ideas to work on the things that you are working that that is incredible and i'm really you know hats off for that because in this kind of situation a lot of people are panicking a lot and a lot of people are panicking and there i mean i mean there will be a lot of people around you as well and the volunteers uh, interns what whoever is working with voiceless india uh, who have had certain kind of uh, emotional disruption that anxiety around them so that they couldn't have worked and uh, someone who understands these kinds of things and they, you know they, that person is leading it's very good to see that so it's really hard sir for that and thank you ankit for actually doing something like this because a lot of ngos have stopped working right now i have talked to a lot of people here and there to get them in my podcast and i have seen that they have actually stopped it because they don't know how to move forward they don't actually know so with that i have this question for you like uh, what do you think about uh, you know when it when it comes to failures or when it comes to achievements uh, i really want to start with failures because 
it actually lets people lets people know that us failures say you know people have come forward and they have got better achievements as well so what will you talk about when it comes to one of the failures that uh, actually has changed a lot of things around you and voiceless india and one of the biggest achievements that you have had so from there okay yes i mean i completely agree uh, failures are uh, you know something that you really learn from um i mean when it comes to voiceless india i i can't say like you know a particular uh, like one failure that we kind of had which kind of changed things um but i would say that you know every now and then uh, you know if like i mean we do so many campaigns you know in a year so i mean there are some campaigns which don't work that well there are some campaigns which work well so the ones that don't really work well we always make it a point as a team we sit together like we do on uh, virtual uh, platforms we kind of uh, interact here and uh, we try to like dissect you know why the things why that particular thing did not work uh you know and that's how we sort of and then whatever whatever we find out that you know okay this was the reason that it did not work we try to rectify it in the next campaign so that you know that problem doesn't come up um so i think i mean i wouldn't say that there's one like big failure that you know we had and you know that really helped us learn but i would say that every campaign has certain you know failures certain successes um none of them are like you know full 100% successes or 100% failures um so those you know failures that we have in every campaign here and there we try to you know kind of work from that like for example uh you know with the reflective collar drive itself that you know we are running right now and which is almost coming to an end um in the drive as well we have had you know like certain times especially like when the uh, you know second wave hit uh you know there was a time like a few days you know when we were like uh, you know how should we move forward uh you know our volunteers were in the sense that you know like if you know how will we move forward now with you know all the lockdowns and everything coming into play but then we kind of figured it out you know we took about 3 4 days we tried to strategize uh you know how we can really get our volunteers back connected together uh we hosted an orientation session for all our volunteers you know to kind of build that motivation that spirit that you know we can still work uh in this pandemic as well but just we just have to take more precautions questions um you know so i mean yeah so i think failures have been there throughout in some small way or the other and you know we try to learn from as much as as many of them as possible um when it comes to successes um i mean um you know again there have been like campaigns like for example for me personally i always uh, you know i'm i really like campaigns of uh, so we have you know two kinds of campaigns one are like animal rights campaigns and one are animal welfare campaigns so the difference is that you know welfare campaigns are those that like a reflective collar drive is a welfare initiative or a sterilization drive is a welfare initiative while you know like a workshop is an animal rights campaign so uh, for me personally i'm more uh, passionate about animal rights uh, because i feel that that's something that will bring about a bigger change and when we see you know in, in my workshops that you know i'm conducting with a school or you know with a college um and you know in the workshop uh, during the workshop or after the workshop you know when i receive messages from the students uh, you know saying that you know the workshop was very uh, you know enriching they learned from it or you know uh, i've received messages saying that you know i'm going vegan after your workshop or you know i'm going to cut my animal product consumption after your workshop you know those are like small small successes in every initiative uh, you know that really uh help me as well as you know my team to keep moving forward because when we see that you know some change is happening because of the work that we are doing um it just motivates us to you know keep doing it so yeah so i would say that you know failures and successes have been there uh, i wouldn't i mean till now i wouldn't say that i've had a major failure or a major success but uh, yeah so i've learned from both yes. there is always that growing prospect 
when it comes to both the failures and the uh, you know successes that you have had uh, one piece of advice that you would like to give to anyone who wants to help uh, the voiceless or who wants to be someone who has started something like that uh, something like you have started uh, you know th- because that will somewhere i believe help them to understand you know even if it's me supposedly it's me that you want to give an advice who wants to be there for the voiceless whether it's any stray animal whether it is any animal who is a you know companion to someone else what would you tell me or what would you tell the listeners okay so um you know i mean of course there are i mean i can like give various suggestions about you know going and feeding animals giving them water all of those things are of course there and those are great to do you know volunteering and volunteering at an animal shelter you know all of these things are lovely um but i just feel that you know we are now at a stage where we need to start as i said you know i've been saying throughout the interview in different points that we have to start focusing on animal rights um you know there's a lot of focus on animal welfare um in terms of you know like there are many animal shelters out there who are treating street animals you know who are uh, providing them a home who are you know rescuing them um but there aren't that many organizations who are helping animals get the rights that they deserve right um so when i say rights i don't generally i don't uh, specifically mean legal rights i don't mean like under the law of course there are organizations working to get them rights under the law as well but i majorly mean the way we see animals you know um most people unfortunately see animals as second class citizens right they don't see animals as equals and of course when i say equals i don't mean that animals should have voting rights or driving rights all of those things but i mean that animals should have the uh, we should recognize the fact that they can feel the same pain and suffering that we can feel um you know there's no difference in the pain and suffering that a dog goes through or a chicken goes through or a cow goes through or a human goes through and if we are able to recognize that i think things can just change overnight you know if people can just recognize this basic thing that animals can feel pain and suffering like we do i don't think any animal anywhere will be abused um so i just feel that you know if someone is really wanting to bring about a change in uh, you know and for animals for non human animals uh, apart from doing all the other things which is great like you know going out and feeding the street animals giving them water rescuing them going to a shelter i think that using your voice your platform your uh, social media anything you know whatever you have whatever resources you have you using it to change people's mindset in the way that they see animals so if someone is you know talking about uh, you know a chicken in a in a in a derogatory manner in the sense that you know they you know don't deserve to live or you know they should be killed just stopping the person out there and telling the person that you know a chicken is also a sentient living being they should not be harmed you know just that much can actually bring in so much difference because when we see abuse why does abuse happen why why do we abuse animals because we have a mindset that animals uh, you know don't deserve to live a life which is you know free of suffering right whenever we see any person who's abusing an animal they don't consider animals as uh, you know sentient living beings yeah. they just look at them as things as commodities you know who we can do whatever with right um, so when we start uh, changing people's mindset uh you know by either working at an organization who's already doing so or personally doing it you know on your social media or any one social media um i just feel that that can bring in so much of difference um so you know if someone is watching this who is passionate about animal uh, animals and you know saving them i feel like focusing on animal rights uh is the need of the hour i mean i am moved with whatever you said because uh, i guess it starts at home whether you have a companion at home or whether you are non vegetarian or vegetarian or vegan everything starts at home when it comes to even uh, talking about animal rights 
because uh, when when you said that you know even the chickens or even the cows they are also uh, you know feel they feel the same pain as we humans do they're not telling yeah. to uh, have the same right as we have but at least consider that they have those rights to live the whole life and not being brutally abused or even uh, you know killed for just to be halved or something like that so i i i really agree with you in this point and bachpan se jab when when i used to see people you know uh, taking away a lot of hen, uh, chickens uh, to you know just cut them off and uh, sell it in the meat market or even see some people catching fish or even see some people taking away goats for uh, whatever it is it's it's their uh, own thing but during this scenarios also i had this feeling inside when i believe a lot of people even if they are non vegetarians will have this inside them that you want them to just run off you want to cut off that uh, rope which is there and just let them go away so that they also can have that free life and i i really really you know from within believe that there is this thing coming up inside people where they actually understand that animal brutality or animal cruelty should be not there they should be there uh, you know they shouldn't like they the animal should be there to be you know live the long life and plus uh, don't you say that we need to change calling uh, our uh, you know our animal companions which i am happy that i learned from you just right now and not call them pets don't you think i'm so happy that, that you mentioned that um i'm like i'm so happy that you mentioned that because uh, yes that is one of the things that we uh, promote on our page also so yes we do not use if you've seen uh, our posts about uh, companion animals we never use the word pet we always use companion animals so because as you rightly said you know pet is something that commodifies the animal yeah, right it I makes them feel like a thing and that's why yes of course i mean language plays such an important role you know the way we uh, talk about animals i think it plays so much the fact that we should not be using the term it uh, for animals yes. we should always use he or she or there or you know some pronoun for the animal um so there's so many ways you know in which our language also commodifies animals and our language then impacts the way we think right so uh, you know one of the things that we definitely do through uh, voice of india is to help people change the way they talk about animals yeah. um so yeah thank you for bringing that up i i i really thank you for making me aware of this whole term because i used to think what should we call you know this is not something that i bought as a commodity to be you know playful of or have my all negative vibes go away it's not just not for that that sake we are also taking yeah. care of that thing you know we are i am taking care of my dog and uh, some person is taking care of uh, the, you know some other animal or something like that and that should be in their head that it's not it it's he or she and that's not a pet it's something called as a companion which is there with you that is that was that thing also has a life like any person or any living being has a life that animal also has a life so i'm really happy to get that knowledge here and now from you so thank you so much for get, getting that cleared up uh the last question that i have for you and i really like i mean everybody would love to know from you is that what kind of changes do you see in yourself when you compare when you you know the difference that you see in yourself when you compare the ankit that started uh, in 2016 around you know as being a volunteer and starting his own ngo and today today's ankit what's the difference that you see <laughs> um 
I would say one of the major differences that I'm way more aware than what I was when I was 16. Um, you know, I mean, um, I mean, so over the course of the last four or five years is when I have made changes in myself itself, right? Like from going non-veg to vegetarian to vegan, yeah. all of those changes. And that's happened because of awareness, uh, you know, because I have uh, researched about these things, you know, what happens to animals in a slaughterhouse, what happens yeah. to them in a dairy farm. Um, you know, that's what has really helped me bring about changes. Um, apart from that, I would say, I mean, you know, like generic things, I would say, I mean, I've become way more confident, uh, you know, in the, in the way I address people and the way I'm able to really talk to people. Like, I mean, I would say maybe three or four years ago, if someone was uh, asking me to do an interview, I would be very shy, you know, to do an uh, because I've always actually been a very shy person, uh, you know, in terms of uh, talking to people and stuff. But in the last four or five years, I think Voices India has really helped me uh, kind of get confident and talk to people and do these things. Um, and I think apart from that, you know, one thing that I think everyone who's involved in uh, animal rights or animal welfare or in any way in, in, to protect the animals would definitely say that, you know, one thing that helps, uh, one thing that they go through is increasing the level of empathy and compassion that they have. Uh, you know, not necessarily towards animals, but just generally, even towards people. You know, uh, being able to understand their problems well, because if you are able to understand the uh, the plight of a non-human animal, uh, it's way more easier to understand the plight of a human being because they yes. can talk, they can tell you. Uh, um, you know, so I think empathy and compassion is something that definitely increases uh, as you are involved in this kind of a field. Um, so yeah, I think these are some changes. It's, it's really nice to see because uh, some people who would be looking forward for this episode and uh, who would actually listen to the uh, you know whole thing, they would really like to know about you, how what changes you have seen in yourself. Because if there is no growth when it comes to something that you're passionate about, I guess it won't work out. If you don't see growth in yourself and people around you and what you think, your mentality, what you speak about, how you speak about it. There's a lot of things that comes out uh, when you are passionate about something and when you always want to learn and grow. That's how a career prospect should work. And this is really nice to see that, uh, you know, that the point that you just mentioned right now about having that empathy for non-human uh, animals. And then you understand that how around you, even the humans are suffering from that. And you have that empathy, that level of, uh, you know, that level of somewhere you connect to that person. And somewhere you know that what you need to show them, instead of sympathy, there is empathy that you need to show them. And that is really nice to see. So, I, uh, it's really amazing to have had you in this uh, episode with me, Ankit. And I have learned a lot here today and I hope a lot of people also do. So, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Uh, I am somewhere sad that this episode is ended right now because I would have loved to talk about a lot of things here. But this is the time. So, thank you so much, Ankit, for doing this episode. And I really hope and I really pray Voices India has a lot and a great future ahead because uh, what you guys are doing, what people like you are doing, they need that voice. And uh, for the voiceless, you're talking for the voiceless. So it's really incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, before this ends, I just want to say that, um, you know, the, I mean, of course, you are bringing in people who are doing good work and stuff for the work that you are doing yourself, um, giving a platform to people to talk, uh, you know, about their journeys, about the work that they are doing, um, just reaching out to people through your YouTube channel and you know, the podcast and other things. I just feel like it's it's so important uh, to do that. So thank you for doing that and thank you so much for having me. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, do not forget to like and comment. 
do share this episode with as many people as you can and before you go please subscribe to my channel thank you for staying tuned next episode next saturday